good evening and welcome to our show. Thanks for joining the Cherry Ice Cream Smile podcast, a place where friends who just happen to be Durannies get together to talk about our love of music, pop culture, concerts, and of course, our favorite boys, past, present, and future. Hi, this is Suzanne. I'm Jody. Hi, this is Stephanie. Hi, this is Deanna. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Cherry Ice Cream Smile podcast. It's a Sunday, I think, um, August 29th, and we have reconvened to talk about a couple of things that have come up. I think we've become kind of the uh, current events for Duran Duran uh, podcast lately. If you were not aware, we live in Austin, Texas. And in Austin, Texas, we have a festival that has been kind of a big deal in our town for how many years? 12 years now? This is the 20th. No, this is this 20, the 20th. Thank you. 20 years. 20 years. Duran Duran's never played Austin City Limits Festival. And this year, they decided to go ahead and, and create the whole shebang. Two whole weekends full of music, three days of music on each weekend because of the stuff going on in the world and the rise in COVID cases because of the newest variant. Stevie Nicks, who was scheduled to play two weekends, backed out a couple weeks ago. And lo and behold, a little band from Birmingham, England has been signed on to play our Austin City Limits Festival. Both weekends, Sunday nights, they're closing the festival opposite Tyler, the creator, which I was like, what? Which, man, I want to see Tyler, the creator. (laughs) I'm going to have to wait. Uh, Yes, yes. And unfortunately for me, I love John Baptiste. He's going to be playing right at the same time Duran starts one of their Sunday shows. I can't remember which weekend. But we are so excited that this is a possibility for us. It kind of crossed my mind that it could happen, but that was even before the, the original lineup was published. And when the lineup was published, I am going to speak for myself, but I think a lot of us thought the same thing. That lineup was crap. Crap. I love Stevie Nicks, but she might have been the only reason I would have wanted to go. And um, how many times can Miley Cyrus just kind of come in and make a festival? And, and it's kind of what's happening again here until Duran Duran was announced. So um, we didn't buy tickets. Well, the weird, and the weird thing was it was Miley and George Strait. Yeah. Right. Because it wasn't right. even just crap. It was weird crap. Right. Like, well, I think yeah. there, there's folks like Erica Badu, who I love, Yes, but I would only, I would just see Erica Badu. I'm not going to see it in the context of, you know what I mean? So yeah. there was a lot of that going on too. Right. And yes. Jody, as you were saying, we didn't buy tickets. Did not buy tickets. And then, t- <laughs> and now we just, I just realized that this doggone first weekend is an almost a month and we don't have tickets. Yeah, we're, we're working on that. Thank you all for um, any advice you might have on getting tickets to one day show, two weekends in a row to see Duran Duran. What do you guys think, ladies? I mean, I originally wasn't excited about this at all. And I initially remember thinking it's very Texas centric. And I think that was because they were afraid of people traveling in and people not being able to get here because COVID and having to reschedule or replan. So far, Stevie Nicks was the only one. Because it was so Texas centric and George Strait was the Sunday night headliner or whatever, I was like, meh. 
He's been around for a long time. What do you think? I would agree with your sentiments. And to put it nicely, I was very underwhelmed at the lineup. And to your point, Stevie Nicks, which we have seen, you know, solo together, and we've seen her with Fleetwood Mac. So I didn't need to go to the festival for just her. But obviously, when your favorite band gets announced last minute, it changes everything. So to your point, uh, we are still looking for single day tickets. Sunday, October 3rd, and Sunday, October 10th. We are going hint, to make hint, it there. CDHQ, yes. hint, hint. <laughs> we are going to you make it stash. there. I or hell water. So yep. we, and I think, I, I guess, and I guess the last time that we made it happen was be Sir Paul. I mean, Paul McCartney can't play in your town and you don't go. So we made it down there for his one night. So we'll do it to see our favorite people for sure. Now, for uh, Paul, the first weekend, I didn't have a ticket, but I, I went down there and I stayed on the hike and bike trail on the other side of the river and was able to hear and see some of the stage. And I still cried the whole time like I did when I actually saw him in person. I'm not doing that for Duran Duran. That's not no, even that's an not option. Awesome. I mean, yeah, that was Sir Paul. Oh, my gosh. But yeah. I knew a bazillion other people were there to see Paul. I'm not fighting with people to see Duran Duran. I want my ticket. I want to be there. Yeah. It was so yeah. funny well, because I know this happened for all of us, but I, I, when they made the announcement, I mean, I, I was working. We were working and <laughs> I was on conference calls and I just, I was on a, a call with my team and my, I just kept seeing my phone. Like, <laughs> like I kept seeing on the corner of my eye, my phone light up and it just kept lighting up and lighting up. And I, you know, I get notifications whenever, you know, get likes and things like that for our Instagram account. So I just figured that's what it was, but I glanced and I, seen something it's like what, what 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 is this and then I finally just checked my phone during kind of a little bit of a lull or whatever in the conversation and I kept seeing like Diana with exclamation points and like oh my god oh my god Diana did you see you know and then I finally saw it was like literally it was on a video conference call and just like my eyes and my mouth were like what <laughs> like what and this was on a work call and they're like are you okay Diana and I said I'm so sorry, but I, I just I just made an announcement that my favorite band is playing ACL, and I'm kind of freaking out. And they're like, "What? Tell us!" You know, he's like, "We don't want to talk about work anymore. Tell us what's going on." And I told them, and said, "I'm sure half of them knew Brandon was, unfortunately, but because um, they're younger." But anyway, it was just that was that was cool. That was just cool. Yes, yeah, you know, same day. Thinking about about uh, me and knowing and. It was, it was nice. Yes. Other thing, too, is I always said, and I never knew, I, I knew it would never happen, but I still would say, on my 50th birthday, Duran Duran is going to play at my birthday, <laughs> on my 50th birthday, knowing full and well that I, I don't have the means to make that happen, right? So, but I just, it was just a dream. It was just this thing, like, yeah, I, I would love for that to happen. And lo and behold, my birthday is October 7th. My 50th birthday is October 7th. And woohoo! They're going to be in town! Happy birthday! Yes, come hell or high water, we're making it happen. Yes, so. yes we're yes. making it happen. It's a celebration. Maybe we need to make a sign or a poster. <laughs> Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Piss off everybody yeah. behind us. They're yes, just playing yeah. for us anyway. Exactly. Right. <laughs> And you know we can't we can't leave out the shows they're doing in Birmingham like is it next week yeah. or two weeks yes. from now? Two yeah. weeks. So for all the UK the the UK fans that were always asking, don't forget us guys, don't forget us guys, they're not forgetting you. So hopefully all of y'all were able to help get over that ticket fiasco that I was seeing online. 
hopefully some of the diehards have gotten tickets for that. I can't help but think it's probably kind of like a dress rehearsal, if you will, because they haven't been in front of a live audience in now in a year and a half, two years. So my guess is it'll be a similar set to what we're going to see at the festival yeah. throughout the fall. Because they have a couple, they have the Isle of Wright still, right? Is that what's coming out? Isle of Wright. Isle of Wright. Um, I cannot yeah, tell you there. how I'm not jealous at all about those shows in Birmingham, oh, but I couldn't delete those damn emails fast enough. <laughs> Get out of my inbox. I don't want to see this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to have to probably break my thing that I said a couple episodes back about not wanting to hear any more new music. More joy. <laughs> I'm gonna have to more listen. joy. Yeah, I'm going to have to listen to the songs because obviously they're going to play them at ACL. So I'll make and I don't, I don't think the record will be out then. No, it won't. I think it'll be later, right? Yeah, it's like exactly. a it's second. later. It's like two okay. weeks later, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, again, just putting that out there for tickets. If anybody knows where we can get some one-day... Sunday, two weekends in a row, ACL tickets, let us know. Because right now, I looked before we got on this afternoon. Subhub has them on the third for $195. And they um, have been $135. It's right. Right. Just the context. So uh, the tenth, the following Sunday, is one seventy. So um, I, I was waiting for like Stevie Nicks fans to start getting rid of theirs. I haven't been privy to any of that coming up yet either. So, and as yay. local people, we we know things start opening up when it gets a little closer to, and not just Stevie Nicks fans. Other people's plans will change, so it may be closer than we want when we actually get our hands on some tickets. But we're going to be there. I'm confident. Yeah, we're going to be there. We're going to be there. And to your yeah. point, D, yes, my phone was blowing up the day that that announcement happened. I could not concentrate at work. I was a freaking mess. I was so excited, but you know that Duran excited, like nervousness, yeah. like when you know that your band's going to come to town and tickets are going to go on sale and all of that hoopla that goes on with it. But um, it was a great nervous. And I'm so excited. We really didn't think that we were going to get to see them again until, fingers crossed, in Hyde Park next summer, next July. So the fact that Christmas came super early <laughs> uh, is just fantastic. And we are so excited to see um, the band live. And it's going to be amazing. And we will be there. End of story. Even if it is only for an hour. <laughs> no, they're going to no, 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 they way. better. They have to. They have to. I don't to. care what the ACL live post <laughs> says. I don't think so. And Jody, we're going to be there. We're going to physically be there for many hours beforehand, so we can be in the front. So we're going to be watching Polo yeah. G and Cobble C and help <laughs> other people. Yay, Polo G. <laughs> Yeah, so, so they're gonna be like, know. are these old ladies in the front? Um, I don't know who you're calling old, but uh, yeah, think yourself. <laughs> we should no, all die and they're like blue for it, so we could like be more hip. <laughs> when they announce the lineup, they announce like the time slot, and so Duran was listed for one hour, so that's what we're referring to. And Against like, Tyler, yeah. the creator who has two hours two on hours, schedule. Yeah. Maybe it was just wrong. Maybe that was just. I think uh, that's a mis. That's a yeah, mis- exactly. He Exactly. Mm-hmm. He has an hour and a half, not two hours. Okay. Silent disco, which is actually a silent disco. That's that's a that they they mix those up. Those silent disco people can go away and <laughs> give us our time. Now yeah, the other yeah. big news, guys, we got to get to it. Yeah, the segue into this is the promo for all the new music and um, behind the music. Go ahead, Suzanne. You seem most excited about this. Behind the music has been rebooted. 
And I was so excited about it. I don't know if everyone else was excited as I was, but I thought they did a really great job of kind of just summarizing the whole the whole shebang, starting at the very, very beginning, telling the story, but getting us up till now. I thought all four of the guys looked fantastic. They pulled in these amazing collaborators and influences to talk. So I loved it. I've watched it several times now. So what did y'all think? I didn't know that I was going to be as emotional as I was watching it. I, for whatever reason, I think the whole ACL announcement, like, drew me into a whole other situation to where, like, I kind of forgot about the Behind the Music premiering, and then I saw it on social media somehow, and then I was like, what? So, like, I, like, fed home after work and was trying to create my my seven-day <laughs> trial to Paramount. Um, and like sat down and that's the only thing that I did. I remember I was so hungry that it didn't really matter. I was like, okay, <laughs> let me get this set up and then I'll eat later. And, um, I just didn't realize I was going to be as emotional as I was. And I thought it was really neat that they incorporated past behind the music and having the guys watch themselves and what they had to say beforehand. I learned some things that I didn't really know or that things that weren't necessarily talked about death. Um, and we can go into that also. But overall, I was really, I was really emotional and, and cried at one point. And the main thing that I took from it was it's in them. And when JT said that, I'm like, that's how it, that was like my favorite line from the whole, um, behind the music because that's exactly sums up what it's all of, what it's always been about, us and them. Not meaning us and them that were two separate entities, but us and them that were one that it's Duran and the fans and screw anybody else that doesn't get it or doesn't appreciate it or doesn't like it or doesn't know how talented they are or I just took from it that just summed it all up and so I was so glad that um, JT said that um, I don't know that just that like drew me into hysterics like not hysterics but just like maybe really emotional because that just summed up how it's always been for us as Duran Duran fans I was the same to clarify that, Stephanie yeah. Stephanie saying us and them, not S and M. What? That's kind of what I heard at first, and then I was like, oh, yeah, she's quoting that. That's what I heard at first. Well, you're talking about JT. Well, I know. I'm like, well, that's then a whole I digress. Other topic. <laughs> Another episode. Oh my god. Yeah. That's the night version. Carrie yeah, <laughs> <the> Ice Cream <laughs> Smile <laughs> podcast. The girls on film version. Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah, I feel I feel the same way, Steph. I, I I got emotional too. I didn't I didn't expect that either. I mean, I was really excited, and I mean, it it happened right out the gate when it's the introduction, and it was like showing the all hysteria and everything. And my daughter actually watched it with me, and I was just sitting. I was just like giddy. It was like I don't know. It it just it took me back, and I enjoyed the the stories, and and I learned some new things too. And I also like you know showing the previous behind the music, getting their responses and everything and just kind of it felt intimate it felt like an intimate sort of portrait of them and we know so much about them and we've you know been fans for so long and so I just I really love the intimacy of it and and I also love what John said and because it 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 captured it perfectly and you know there were some pieces that were interesting um I mean I think overall I I enjoyed it and and yeah I mean it, it was it was kind of cool, though, to see it through my daughter's eyes as well. I mean, she knows she knows that I'm, I'm a fan. I've been a fan. She knows their music. I listen to it 
when I was pregnant and saying save a prayer to her when I was breastfeeding her and everything. And I mean, so she, she knows. And so, um, it was just, it was still fun to watch it through her. And I'm sure she, you know, kind of understood and, and got to see, to actually see footage of the craziness and the hysteria and everything. I think she kind of got it. She loved Nick's makeup. She commented on all the hairstyles, you know, laughed quite a bit on some of the hairstyles and stuff and John sticking but, straight yeah, up yeah John's hair sticking up she's like I just want to I just want to put his hair down just a little bit but you know it was just fun it was fun so yeah it, I, I enjoyed it I, I'll, I want to watch it again but, um, speaking of hairstyles I did love the story Mark Ronson talked about yes. coming in with the picture oh, from hilarious. the magazine of John and his mom is like why are you upset and like my hair looks like Nick it doesn't look like John <laughs> And that was really cute. Oh, a moment while I was watching, I was like, God, what's the difference? But I know what he's saying. I'm sure he was cute. I'm sure he was cute. Oh, there was a difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was was a difference. Because then they showed the picture. That was the funny thing. Mm Because they showed, like, Nick's hair. Yeah. I wish they would have shown Mark with his hair in that way. That would have been Maybe he didn't want to show it. (laughs) He probably didn't. How rude of him to say that. And I mean, like, Nick's probably watched this also. He's seen Mark say that before. How rude. Um, I'm sure he thinks it's hilarious. Because then they did talk about John and Simon, like, competing for the ladies and all of this. So, I mean, it's all Yeah, that was funny. Simon talked about that. That was funny. I I liked the part. John clearly won that battle. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, he did. (laughs) (laughs) I found it interesting when Nick was talking about the view to a kill. And he's like, when Andy was trying to kill me, Andy yeah. was really trying to kill me. <laughs> that was like, interesting. That was, yeah. that was, that was very and that's what I did not realize. I, I got the part that I was saying that they talked about something more in depth than I had actually heard. Yeah. I didn't, I mean, we've kind of known some things about Nick and Andy, but for them to be very raw and forthright um, about the situation. I mean, you know, in the Duran Duran community, we are constantly hearing about, you know, when is Andy coming back? I wish Andy was coming back. Um, and, and, and everybody knows that listens to this podcast and follows our podcast page knows that we love Andy. But we also realize that that probably isn't going to happen. But at the same time, for some of the people that I see in the Duran community constantly saying like Andy who and blah, 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 blah. I think it's, I'm going to be honest, yeah. I think it's very middle school. Um, yeah. I think it's very natural for fans to express the fact that they wish that Andy were still in the band because at the same time, Andy is part of the Fab Five. He's part of the beginning. So of course we're going to gravitate towards towards Andy, you know, being in the band or maybe that being your favorite time period because that is what made you fall in love. Andy was a part of the band that made you fall in love with him in the first place. Right. So yeah. I don't think it's silly for um, fans to want him to come back, but I think that Nick really put it out there this time as to why that won't be the case and that's okay um you know the guys are are thriving you know as a four piece with special guests of guitar and andy's thriving um in his reef band and having a great time and that's all you really ever want for people you want your favorite musicians to continue to make music and if that involves them not being together as a five piece then so be it yeah well, well and, and and I found it interesting. I feel like they did talk more about Split and about Power Station and Arcadia a little bit more detailed than we've seen some of the other interviews and whatnot. And even how that seemed to be the straw that broke the camel's back for Roger, that he was stuck between the two of them 
when they were going there to separate camps. And those camps were kind of, they started at the view to a kill stuff and then it just kind of went from there. And I feel like we heard more from Roger this time than we've heard in a while. And I would also, I would agree. And I would also like to say about Roger, what I didn't really realize um, when our mutual friend Stacy and I were talking this week about this, I thought it was very brave of Roger to not only come out and say that about how he could not handle it, you know, mentally, it was too much for him. But when you put yourself in Roger's place at what, 24 years old, I mean, we're barely becoming adults at that age. He had a lot on his plate. And for him to be able to, as a 24 year old, 25 year old, say, have to take a look and, and take a step back and to be brave enough to say, you know, this is, this is not for me. This is too much for me. For him to be able to take himself out of the equation when he did, even though we didn't like it as fans or didn't understand it as fans back then. But as adults, I have so much more. I have not that I didn't have respect for Roger. I have even even more respect for him that at that young of an age, he could take himself out of the equation, realize what was happening before something disastrous could have happened to him right. further down the line if he would have stayed in that situation when it was not good for him, you know, from a mental health standpoint. Jody, you've been quiet. Yeah, he- <laughs> I'm just listening. <laughs> I, I was, um, I, I hear everything you're saying. I watched it while laying on the sofa yesterday feeling like crap with a fever and tried to remember that I needed to have an open mind, but maybe my mind is not open when it comes to these things. I was not as much a fan of this um, particular uh, program that you guys have mentioned, uh, and there are a couple of reasons. Um, the good, maybe I'll start with that first, is that I think the the fact that they brought each of the guys in to talk and sort of relate their own stories to the other story that was being told by VH1 and MTV and the producers that created this, they look great. And I think that the lighting was so funny. I mean, I've already referred to Nick as the evil mastermind because of that red background and the lighting coming up from underneath him. He was totally in control of this whole situation. And that's a joke, the evil mastermind thing. We all call him the controller anyway. So that was just proof of him being the controller. I learned more about Roger and Stephanie, you just brought up the fact that they were in their early 20s and he was obviously always the one we knew was the shy one. That he left to protect himself and wanted to have an actual life for himself was um, very respectful. I respect that decision that he made, even though my heart was broken so badly when he left. Niall Rogers rescued Duran Duran. Did you catch that? Yep. (laughs) They were talking about Notorious. That's when I started bawling. I was like, oh, my God, the Godfather. Oh, my gosh. Uh, And then, of course, John saying that at the end. When I heard John say that, I was still in the hearing him and them talk about the tension in the band and um, how it all goes away when they're on stage because it's us and them. And that's how I felt all along. And for him to say that and to to um, sort of acknowledge that that's what it's all about made me go, who the hell is that guy? Because he called me you people once, you know? So anyway, I liked it. I liked that a lot. 
Um, bad thing. I was listening to a podcast today with a friend of mine who says in a band that he was in before, it was terrible, terrible, terrible relationships. And if they had actually been a more popular band, they would have had their own behind the music. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's all the behind the music is about. It's freaking drama. Every behind the music you've ever seen is about the drama the bands go through. So further down my list, because I know we're running out of time. I wrote, was this the why did Andy leave the band show? Because it was all about tearing that poor guy down when he didn't have a voice. There was no update to this documentary. I'm starting to get mad now. Um, there was no update to this documentary that included his voice in all of this. Yeah, he's a challenging guy. Of course, he's a freaking Aquarian. He's got his own voice. He's got his own way of playing. He's got his own ideas. And he's made his way since then. But my goodness gracious didn't give him a chance to speak for himself. They didn't promote the new music like they should have. There was that whole 30 seconds at the end of Behind the Music where they played, I think it was Invisible maybe, totally ignoring Dom, bringing in guest musicians. Dom, I mean, I'm not the biggest Dom fan, but ignoring him, didn't even say his name in this documentary made me mad. So I've got a lot of issues with this one. The MTV editing, that real quick, blah, 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 we don't even do that anymore. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> I could not yeah, stand it. It's funny. We, <laughs> My daughter and I were commenting on like the dramatic music. And it's like, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it, and that it, it was like, okay, come on. But yeah, I, I, I got a little bit of that too. With, and it felt like the drama part start, like it felt like it, it really got into that pretty early on in the program and it was like okay well yeah that the, yeah they, there was all this great stuff and the, and okay well let's so i i get what you're saying about it yeah behind the music has always been about that about the drama yeah. and just the, yeah you want to get into that and then yeah. how it evolved and they overcame it or whatever so yeah. yeah yeah i think that they spent too much time on the early stuff too that we've already had a behind the music with an update if this is a new update, maybe minimize the ancient history and focus a little more on the more modern history. They did show images of working with Timbaland and JT and then talked about Errol Alcan and Giorgio Moroder and all this. There's so much more in between that could have been discussed. It could have easily been so a two-parter. Yeah, yeah oh, easy. And, and so on that point, like with, I love the fact that they said Duran Duran is now a collective with an empty chair. And to me, the empty chair was not empty chair for a guitarist. It was an empty chair for new creative ideas. And they made that really clear. And they showed, they showed, you know, the producers, they showed Mark, they showed Giorgio, they showed Janelle Monet. They showed other people other than just Graham Coxon and other guitar players. So I love the fact that they could articulate that. So maybe that's partially why I wasn't upset about the Andy stuff is that it's not Andy's absence has left this creative piece that's open now for other people to come in. And we I don't know. They might have asked, and they might have asked Andy to do it, and he might have said no. We don't. We don't know. No, yeah, I can. Know. I can tell you from one of wouldn't say no. But. One of his responses fairly recently was, hey, Andy, are you going to play some of the Duran shows in England? And he said, nobody's asked me. So I guarantee you nobody's asked him. No, I didn't mean to play. I meant to talk on. No, I mean, even yeah. this. Sure, this is coming from MTV, but nobody... Nobody said, hey, maybe you should ask him. Yeah. Now, remember in, in the original one, remember in the original one, it was still contentious. And he did the interview, yeah. but he did not want to. So 
And just a quick a quick side note on this Andy thing. I'm going to play devil's advocate for two seconds. <laughs> on volume, they were talking about when people leave bands and they get bought out on their right. We don't know the legal things that have happened behind the scenes with Andy, and maybe they have bought him out, and there may be a lot of legal and like usage rights on music that even if they got along and were shaking hands, there may be stuff that we just don't know. So I, you know, it may not be all personality and all we just don't want to be together anymore. There could be some mechanics in the background. So BH1 MTV made it seem like it was all Andy and that, that I mean, yeah, sure, there's probably legal stuff. There's been conversations about legal stuff since 1985, but he yeah. came back in 2002. So yeah. I think it's some grain of salt in there, too. You know, knowing what behind the music is and what they do. Oh, it was definitely I mean? edited so, to show. make that's the story the go that's that the whole, That's the yeah. whole yeah. stick. But that's, so, to your point, but, to your point, D, that's exactly what every behind the music is like. Yes. So yes. to come into a behind the music and, and think otherwise would be... <laughs> Right. I mean, right, right. that's how it is. But we just we're you, so you, we're so passionate, and we just know so much yeah. more than the average person watching it. Right. That is right. that's the difference. Yeah. Like matching up songs with the wrong image that drove me nuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. And yes, it's because yeah. I know so much, and I I've watched thought, these yeah. things a million times. But golly, Gavin was there. He could have done that, right? Come on. Yeah. But you can't have the behind the scenes music guy with his voice and behind the scenes and not have the drama, y'all. I mean, he, he, he <laughs> I love that. that voice. They brought him <laughs> out of retirement to do these episodes. Oh, yeah. And if you look yeah. at the other, the other the same people, guy. It's like different, Ricky but... Martin and who else? I mean, you got to see the whole lineup for this thing on Paramount Plus. Brett Michaels, I mean. Yeah. So there's a whole slew of different people they're covering. Yeah. yeah. It's worthwhile. Whether or not, you know, obviously yeah. we've had a debate here, it's worth the time to go see it and Absolutely. you can do a free you know you can do a, a free like for subscription if you want it if you don't have paramount plus or if you do go go check it out so awesome anything else we're ready to see the guys in almost a month in austin texas so <gasps> Miranda, and Duran, if y'all have like, this, like these secret tickets that you're holding back for fans <laughs> please give them to us now please release them release the house <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Cherry Ice Cream Smile Podcast. We are so glad you could hang out with us for a while. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast player, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and you can even find us if you ask Alexa. Make sure to also follow our Instagram page too. See you again real soon.